0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your it's Locked On Hornets, We're
1: part we part of the Locked On Podcast we Network, <laughs> your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And this episode of Locked On Hornets is brought to you by McDonald's, McDonald's. Right proudly serving community. <laughs> we got McDonald's money. It's proudly. We are proudly brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Ah, oh, I said it. Yes. I said it. Not I said the nice. catchphrase. I'm nice. feeling good. And you know, we're loving what we got. And you know what we're, we're loving what we got last night. What a crazy game. All the feels. All the vibes back at the Hive. Not it was the first time that I got to go back to the Spectrum Center in more than a year's time, and it was everything I could have possibly asked for. It's one of those games as somebody that can cover the team yeah. or even just a fan that you're going to remember. I'll, you'll, you'll remember this one. The primacy bias that's always going to reside with these openers, but as meaningful as it was, all of the Rick Fields, yeah. which we've already talked about, but the Hornets, have done. I mean, they just did a phenomenal job. As soon as you get out of the elevator in the media entrance, it's this awesome collage. It, what what a nice headline of no bull Hornets win in that game against the Chicago Bulls in that postseason series to, to see that it's very goosebumpy, and to see that coming out of the elevator. That's going to be fantastic. The way that they set up his spot, having the notebook, and then the moment of silence, the tribute on the Jumbotron, they couldn't have done any more, to be honest with you, for Rick and tip of the cap to the Hornets, which we've already talked about. But that has a place in my memory as well. And then, of course, you get to the actual game. Dreadful in the first half. Okay, it is just flat out ugly. Second half, we go on this crazy third quarter run. yeah You get MVP chance for Lamelo Ball when he's at the free throw line, and then they win because PJ Washington, who couldn't hit anything last night, hits two free throws and then comes up with, I
0: guess maybe the best it's defensive a top player. Five. It's a top Certainly five. Certainly, just great defense made in, in his career. Uh, uh,
1: well, especially just the magnitude, just bodying Sabonis down on the block and playing as well as you possibly could, not fouling, making sure it was hard on a guy that looked like he was going to you know, be a top 50 player at the beginning of all of this. Just so much to unpack, and it was so fun, but not everybody walking out of the Spectrum Center last night had smiles on their faces because... The Hornets are 1-0, and o, and they have a future superstar that brought it to you last night, scoring 31, grabbing nine rebounds, and dishing yeah, out look, seven assists. At
0: this point, I, I saw some legitimate superstar stuff from LaMelo Ball last night. I am completely enamored, and I stand by what I said last night, where if this is going to be a season where LaMelo Ball scrapes all NBA, like— I again, you know me, and I'm a Kemba guy. We gonna have to have a discussion because I know everyone's gonna put, yeah, Kemba had three straight years of this, but this is different. This is this is this is a lot different.
1: Well, I mean, if you're if you want to bring Kemba into this, Lamelo always had the higher ceiling, and you're right. This is way different than what Kimba would bring. Kimba's gonna have the longevity for a little while. We'll see what LaMelo can do. But, like, yeah, you know yeah. where we're heading. You know, LaMelo had the quote yesterday that was circulating how he wants to be an old school dude that he goes to a team and builds from there. It's hard not to get excited about that quote because we know these things can change once different things happen within the organization. You might not get happy. They might make moves that you're not down with. Whatever. Anything could happen, but you love to at least hear that. At, yeah. Um, from the onset. I mean, at, at least he's saying that right now. And we know like that's a guy that has the craziest mm-hmm. confidence in the world. Okay. Like you saw my <laughs> photo. You saw the video out there of the yellow threads. He was dotting. I mean, not a this. I, I can't tell you how much I love it. I can't. I wish I could express the it, highlighter, but I can't
0: look highlighter yellow, the highlighter Dion. The man looked oh, like an God. open neon uh, uh, highlighter out here, dried up the tip, <laughs> but still. And and the, and the sunglasses.
1: His future's too bright. The sunglasses in the media room. I you know, just feeling it, taking it all in. It's by his own clothing line. Also, he had the black boots on in that neon. It was so. Yeah, no, good.
0: no. This is like for me, Walker. This was. I'm not going to call it a coronation because it takes a little bit more than one game to have a coronation. But this might be a really special season. And year two, LaMelo doesn't look like he fell off. And he seems to buck the trend of we're giving you more. And at the same time, he's not collapsing under the weight of that all those ex- expectations. That is a massive, 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 massive thing. I don't think we understand that. Like, oh, yeah, I don't it think is. we understand how big that is thus far where we saw Miles have those expectations – and kind of fold under them because they were a little bit too much for at the time we saw PJ have the same thing happen to him. Now granted his is a little bit different. He had an entire pandemic to deal with, but LaMelo more was given more was gained. That's the difference.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dude is different. Nada. You're right. His mind is different. He doesn't care. I mean, an unwavering confidence. Those shots that he was flicking up there, they were nuts. You know, I mean, they they were they were deep threes. He took a lot of them. He took nine. He made seven of them. And we'll get to the endgame game specifics here in just a moment. But we're just feeling the vibes right now. I mean, if you're just talking about this guy's confidence, dude does not care. And this is someone that I don't think is going to no. ever get shaken. And like and, and, and here's and here's the thing too I want to talk about real quickly yeah the confidence it's crazy right I mean this is somebody that's driving the Lambo we read the Tyler Tynes piece about LaMelo ball feeling himself a hundred percent and then some coming into the media room like leaving that him leaving that press area where he's like you know Maggie Yang who is excellent with the Hornets PR staff you know she's there kind of facilitating some people coming through you know back and forth right the players coming to the podium and back and forth. He's and then, you know, I, I think she says something to him. I don't know. And he, and he goes, yeah. All right. Thanks, Mags. Yo. Like, you know, just it's just funny to hear him talk. He's just he's feeling himself, man. I, I don't think that guy is ever going to get shaken on the court. He might make bad decisions, but it's not because he's pressing. It's not because he's scared or shook. It's because he's learning the game and that's wildly man, look, impressive. I for wish Zou I had aims. that
0: kind of confidence at 1920. I wish Oh my like God. I'd be doing a whole lot better in, in my life. And I I'm and right now I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> like there's a lot of this that I just like if you want somebody to model, like we always talk about self-esteem and everything, and parents are f- trying to teach kids how to be be themselves. <laughs> Tell people just watch LaMelo. He does what he wants to when he wants to, and it works. Now, granted, it works for him because he's gifted. If your kid is that gifted, you clearly let him do what he does. But at the same time, I, like I again, he is a vibe and, I, and I'm saying I know and I'm saying that knowing that I'm 38 yeah. probably too old to be saying he's a vibe, but the man is a vibe. The man is
1: a vibe. No, it's okay. No, he, he really is. It's un, there, there's probably more conversations we could have about the persona and how we should handle that as the years go on because the Charlotte this isn't this isn't completely unprecedented. You know, we did have Cam Newton You know, so I think Lamello's different. I think there are some different things. Maybe the branch is the same, but I think the I think some of the the twigs and some of the the leaves are a little bit different, right? When we can go into some of those subplots about his personality. There, there's a big conversation to have about how to handle this though, and maybe what we could see, what we should see going forward. But let's take a quick break and let's get into some of the end game specifics on this one because it wasn't just LaMelo that showed out. Gordon Hayward was awesome, specifically in the fourth quarter. Ish was fantastic. The only guy that was worth noting in the first half, except for LaMelo Ball. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But I told you this show is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can become uh, reconnected, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. God, those McFlurries oh. are so good. Oh, Win or lose. It's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or the away team can come to recharge it's the place you always look forward to stopping add on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel mcdonald's is a renaissance place we know all of the things that it brings to you so head to your local mcdonald's to refuel and reconnect did somebody say locked on hornets watch party we can do that as well not a, we can go out to mcdonald's and have a watch party over there i'll see you there they got tvs over uh, there now? hey man absolutely and i'll be the one with mcflurry in hand This is Locked on Hornets.
0: I do not like the MB2 nickname. Oh, it's bad. Lamello. Come on, man. I mean, look, I I
1: love everything else about you, but the MB times two. How in the world do you not like Airbnb, but you like MB times two? I yeah. but that's that's bad. We can't allow him to create, and that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists. You can't give yourself your nickname. You can't do no, that exactly. So, this is
0: as I'm, bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant.
1: It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast.
0: Do you want to know what makes LeBron James
1: King James? It's sleep. That's right. Sleep is a superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. It's mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm, know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. So if you head to calm.com, that's C-A-L-M, calm.com, slash NBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm Premium subscription. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm Premium subscription at calm.com. Dot com. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at com dot com slash locked on NBA. Again, that's com C-A-L-M dot com slash locked on NBA. You know who this read is perfect to transition to? Yes, it is. It's Mr. Gordon yeah. Hayward, not yeah, us. So what's going to be interesting is how we view the best player on the team as the season goes forward, because LaMelo has the future superstar potential. Gordon Hayward, never a superstar, but always at least worth talking about for an all-star spot where whether he was in the West when he was with Utah or even here on the Eastern Conference when he's at least healthy with Boston and deserved it last year before he got hurt. Gordon is the calming Mm -hmm. presence with the Charlotte Hornets team. The steady hand James Brago described him as providing stability and look, it took him a while and you pointed this out on Twitter too. It was a good point that this is somebody that hadn't played basketball at a meaningful in a meaningful way in a very long time. And I think conditioning was a part of why he struggled to get in a rhythm at the beginning. But how about this? Gordon Hayward played, as many minutes as anybody on the Charlotte Hornets roster last night, along with a Kelly Oubre, somebody that was supposed to help him and, and spell him, give him some, uh, yes. some bench time a little bit, not a, in the fourth quarter, the last four minutes and 30 seconds, Gordon Hayward had 10 points to his name hitting three free throws hit a three pointer was a guy that was just getting to his spots. He never is going to blow by you and get to a spot, but he finds a way to get a comfortable shot and that's exactly what happened in the fourth quarter last night. Gordon was awesome. It's why you're paying him all that money. Just go to the last four minutes and 30 seconds of this game and you'll see why honestly
0: the second half and specifically like you said the fourth quarter. Do you know the like the sound bite that was stuck in my head? During that entire Gordon Hayward run, it was the that's what the money is for Don Draper thing from Mad Men. Like, that's what (laughs) not, not like for real, for real, for real, for real. Like, this is what you paid him for. This is exactly what when it came to being a steadying force and low key. He had a really great third quarter, even if the shots weren't falling either like that second half. A lot of the imprint was LaMelo Ball, but the underrated performance in that third quarter specifically is Gordon Hayward. Like, it wasn't falling, but he decided, yo, let me get going. Let me be the best player on this on the floor. And a lot of that is due to Gordon Hayward. I love what he did offensively. Defensively, he wasn't a liability. He helped push some people onto some switches and everything else like that. A lot of what – and mind you, the bank three-pointer – which, mind you, there were a couple of those that were that made. <laughs> yeah, Melo had, had one. To, yeah, but a lot of that, a lot of that third quarter and fourth quarter was impacted by Gordon Hayward and basically being the closer he's going to be the, he's yeah, well, the Al Jefferson of all of this.
1: Well, well, you say you say closer. I mean, he had eight points to close out the second in order to just, you know, keep them somewhat alive. And then I mentioned the 10 points in the uh, in the fourth quarter at the end. I mean, he had four to start the fourth quarter, but then he had 10 in the last four minutes and 30 seconds. So if you're looking at the math back home, yeah, that's that's 22 points that were scored either at the end of the second when he came in with about five and a half and that's 14 in the fourth quarter Combined, and he actually took a rest in yeah, the middle exactly. of all that.
0: And then that's when Lamelo took over. That's when Ish Smith, in spurts, took over. And I think that's where we got to transition to next. Is like this is like Ish. We were kind of doubtful that he could spell what Devonte brought. We might have been very, 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 very wrong about that, Walker, because Ish. Ish started penetrating and dishing and making everything easier. He was the adult. Like, we always talk about that this team needed vets, this team needed adults. Who bigger than the Central's Cabarrus product to be the adult in the room and to help solidify what was at points, especially in the first half, a leaky boat? He managed to bail enough water out of them to keep them afloat and score points in a way I didn't think Ish Smith was capable of doing, by the way. He showed out last night, and he uh, kept I mean, afloat for large swaths of that first half and even into the third quarter. Can't say enough about Ish Smith.
1: 21 minutes for him. Crazy production in those 20 minutes going seven to 14 from the field. It's a lot of shots taken. In fact, it's the fourth most shots that was taken on the team. LaMelo had 23. Gordon took 22. Kelly took 17. And then you have Ish Smith coming in right after that, having taken 14. And again, he had seven of those no shots from outside of the three point line. So didn't do that. Missed both of his free throws. So there was a problem there, but did have five assists, did have the one steal, had the block on TJ McConnell. That was awesome from ish Smith only fouled one guy and scored 14 points. So if you want to bring Devontae into this, yeah, I, I ish played better than I thought and, and we like that signing like we, we didn't spend a ton of time talking about it, but we we gave it what we thought what it was worth, right? Like, hey, somebody that comes in and really helps you. You trust him with the basketball going to find the open guy and going to play hard and play fast, but man he he was doing some things that that allow you to keep James Booknight on the bench despite him being a really talented scorer. Yeah, he's young and we know the problems with a rookie coming in and playing significant minutes. Don't ask the Pacers with Chris Duarte, but we know about that with James Booknight and the problems he might present. Either way, Ish Smith was another steadying hand at a time where they desperately needed it. They're just way. I think that they're, you know, they're just very different yeah. players. Nada. I mean, you know, here's here's Ish Smith uh, and I mean, Devante and ish like zero three pointers taken, you know, Devante. That's all he's taking. That's the only type of shot that Devonte is taking. I think Devante is a really good passer. Yeah, really good assist to turnover ratio, um, you know, maybe in a little different variety, you know, a good swing guy, good decision maker where ish might actually try to get in the pain, had some fantastic um, passes to guys cutting where Cody Martin had a well-timed cut, I believe Gordon Hayward did, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but Ish Smith doing a really good job of that, and so you know, different type of good passing ability. But all, what you're saying, right? Like, it, it, not enough uh, credit can go to Ish Smith for what he was able to do last night, especially in the first half when Lamella was really the only other guy that you looked at and said, yeah, no, he no, was playing. He well.
0: was he was awesome. And you know what, though, and this is where I got to give Mitch credit because there's a good chance that the guard that finishes best at the rim isn't LaMelo Ball. It might be Ish Smith. So that's what they needed. They needed a guy <laughs> that could get to the bucket, get to the cup, and finish. The the three-point battle, the three-point barrages are going to come from other guys. Jalen McDaniels, his shots will fall probably in another game. There will be some other guys that you can, per, you can, per se, just make sure that hit the threes. But that guy is a steady, steadying, confident, like steady point guard. And you can always use guys like that on on the second unit, I love what he did. I am I, I again. Shout out to Rodimus Prime who came up with this Smith because you know what? He is this Smith right now. He is Charlotte's own. <laughs> shout out to Rod for giving me that idea. And um, yeah, we got to talk about some other stuff in the. We haven't even gotten to, to the yet. defense, which probably the most important thing of the game in that second half
1: yeah th- there's still some good to get to there's a lot of bad we haven't discussed nearly as much so we'll get to that in the next segment it's coming up on locked on hornets a part of the Locked On podcast network this is locked on hornets
0: did you just we got food at home Al, and Sengung? you literally just
1: we got <laughs> we're not food. going to mcdonald's not we a we we do <laughs> right look i eddie murphy out here I'm, i'm eddie murphy right now okay i'm telling you we're gonna chop up the green peppers we're gonna put it in the hamburger meat and it's gonna be good enough it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast All right, there's still plenty of bad to get to. But before that, there are some good things to still mention. And to lead off with the good things, we're going to talk about Sweat Block because we love that product here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And Nada will tell you all now about
0: guys, it. Now, some, guys, some things are not very, very comfortable to talk about. That first half defense... Pretty sweaty, pretty smelly, nothing really, really good about it. And since we started talking about <laughs> Sweat Block on this program about two months ago, we have gotten a whole bunch of folks to re- to reach out to us. So take it from, like, we had a soccer player, and we thought it was too good to be true. But he was always the wettest person on the game after practice. We're talking about Pat Patrick Ewing, prime Patrick Ewing in the fourth, sweaty. That's what he told me, at least. So we decided oh, no. to give Sweat Block a shot. He tried it. And you know what? The next couple of days, he was no longer Patrick Ewing glistening. At this point, eliminate the glisten. Sweat block. Stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. Doctor created. Doctor recommended. Dry shirt guarantee. If it does not keep you dry, it's going to be free for you. Or you can get your money back. And it's not just for armpits. It's for everywhere. And I do mean everywhere. They have a lotion for that. So, if you or somebody you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to have them check out Sweatblock. Get it for 20% off at sweatblock.com with our promo code locked on or at Amazon or at CVS. It will change the way you wear everything, I promise.
1: All right, let's let's get to a couple of the other good things I wanted to take note of here in today's episode. You know, Cody Martin, not a he's the guy that gets the minutes over James Booknight. So Booknight got a straight up DNPCD. Kai Jones didn't play. That was expected. JT Thor, Nick Richards, Vernon Carey, you know, all of that pretty expected, but book Knight was the one guy I was expecting to see. And he didn't play at all. Even, even just forgetting about the fact that Cody's ahead of him on the depth chart, book Knight didn't see any minutes last night. So I think that's your answer on the question. I, what, what's funny is the question was how immediately, does James book Knight help you coming into this year? And as he was playing pretty well in the preseason, granted not against the greatest competition and garbage time sometimes, but book Knight was playing pretty well. I thought the way that he was playing was trending more towards the Hornets going to him earlier than I originally thought. And also it would help offensively because Devontae and Malik's not on this team anymore, but you saw last night Borrego leaned heavy into Cody Martin and you know what? Cody was fine. Um, I thought defensively there. It was only Ish Smith and some anticipation LaMelo. That was good defensively in the first half. And that was really it. Um, You know, Cody, Cody wasn't great. You know, TJ McConnell took him to the rack and and hit a layup. I I didn't see. Oh yeah, Cody. This is what he brings. This is why you play him. But the the thing I liked about Cody is finishing well at the rim. You know, he goes four or five from the field. The only shot that he missed last night was a three pointer, but got to the rim, finished, ran in transition, had well-timed cuts, hit both of his free throws that he took, had six rebounds in 24 minutes, had the one block, didn't turn the ball over 10 points, you know, like, okay. Even what's funny is if you would have told me, yeah, it's not like Cody was great defensively or even, uh, you know, was, was noteworthy defensively. And he still had a decent game. I would have said, no way, that's not going to happen. But I think that is kind of what you got from him last night.
0: No, no, Cody, Cody, Cody Martin was a really good part of what they brought. And I feel like this is what we talked about earlier, though. A lot of this was I can see Cody Zeller. I can see I'm not Cody Zeller, Cody Martin. Um, it,
1: it, dude, it's weird. Like last night when I heard big Pat say Cody, it just, I was primed for Zeller to come after that. I'm still not ready for I, no I Zeller to, and only yeah. Martin.
0: Yeah. Like I have to really start slowing down and thinking through this because this is really difficult at this point, <laughs> but um, quite honestly, this is like, this is the hard part for me. Like we knew that Cody Martin was going to take the minutes because James Bragel loves defense more. And this, I believe this is what me and you both said. We don't expect James Booknight to take over until he gets the defensive part down. And for most of the preseason, he looked like he had the defensive part down. Do you know when he really didn't, though? That Dallas game. That Dallas game hmm. really kind of put some doubt. And I'm wondering how much that factor and in going into practice and going in there with the expectation of beating out of Cody Martin, how much that mattered. So I will... So I'm not necessarily surprised. I don't think this is one of those, this is the end, because as we know, there are going to be times where, due to the schedule, Cody Martin may have to play, Uh, Cody Martin may not play, James Booknight might need to be doing this, but at the same time, I really do believe that this is just one of those aberrations of Cody Martin was, Cody Martin had to play because, quite honestly... The defense last night was kind of pathetic, especially. Yeah,
1: I mean, staff. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I told you, like, at the beginning of all of this, I thought, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cody. And then I thought, well, you think more about it offensively. I think book night is just that much more talented. I think the way that he's been playing in preseason, facilitating a little bit more than we thought. Maybe we do see book Knight earlier and he's ahead of Cody on the depth chart. And then boom, that gets squashed as last night. Cody Martin played 24 minutes. In fact, he played the most minutes of anybody coming off of the bench. And that includes not only Ish Smith, who was really good, but PJ Washington and Jalen McDaniels, you know, PJ played 19 minutes. Minutes last night, Jalen McDaniels played 11. Let's get to the PJ center Mason Plumley topic of conversation. Oh so, boy. Mason Plumley plays 32 minutes, goes four of 10 from the field, is a turnstile defensively, no shocker there, does have 10 rebounds, but 32 minutes at close to seven foot. I, I hope you get 10 rebounds and eight points. Um, people were turning on Mason Plumley very fast. <laughs>
0: in that the first was that in the, was the <laughs> saddest part about all of it. You just saw everybody take the you're not Cody Zeller. Give us yeah. back our generic white guy. Uh,
1: yeah, well, we want somebody different like, you know, that's oh God, I didn't realize that it was better with Cody here. It would look this is it's exactly how I thought it would be with Mason. You know, like I, I was wrong with book night. I thought that he would get the minutes over Cody. You know, there were some things that I, I didn't expect. I didn't expect PJ to only play 19 minutes and Mason to play 32. But here comes Mason. It, but it, it, so I, I didn't expect Mason to play 32, but his production was exactly like I thought. He's a good passer. Had five assists. Had a nice pass uh, in transition. I believe that was to mellow where Mason was able to connect. But defensively, he ain't doing nothing with Sabonis for sure. He,
0: he like, was the he was he was the gasoline on that fire. Oh god He, I was, mean, he was just getting barbecued. PJ was
1: better. Nada like th- this is look. I'm sorry. Okay, if you want to if I'm not saying you, but if people want to cape for James Borrego, you know, that's fine. This is somebody that is a good in-game adjuster. We just saw that last night. I've always thought that he's had really good designs uh, out of bounds. Plays have been great after timeout sets are fantastic from James Borrego, but some of my problems are the the, the rotation like just not playing guys. I think are better and not a I think PJ Washington. His shot was awful, okay? Like one of seven, you hate to see it because this is the thing that's holding him back. It's the consistent shot making on a day in and day out basis, even with the three-point percentage being good on his career, despite how young it is. But defensively, man, PJ was just clearly better than what Mason was at the five spot.
0: Yeah, he was, and it wasn't close. Like that's the issue that like defensively, there was a reason why Mason Plumley was nowhere to be seen in the last two minutes, and that's because, quite honestly, the one thing that Mason Plumlee did right was he sealed and allowed people to grab rebounds. That's about it. But outside And and even then, I
1: thought he wasn't in great position uh, some of the time.
0: He wasn't. He wasn't. But he helped seal, and he helped stop at least the pounding that they would take on the glass a little bit. But at the same time, P.J. was the better center last night. I'm not going to – and it makes no – like there are two things about this. The second half, PJ, the the run that they went on that twenty something run, that was a lot of PJ at the center. That was Miles PJ at the four and five. That was a lot of that. A lot of that action came then when they were able to switch, when they were able to dig in people's chests and steal their heart. Because if you look, because I think it was, <laughs> um, I forgot again. It's not Candace Cooper, but it's there is a Pacers writer that I'm sorry, Caitlin Cooper. That's who it Caitlin
1: is. Cooper, right? Who's excellent? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Caitlin Cooper is excellent. She had a stat where you saw the Pacers living in the paint in the first half, just living and getting easy shot after easy shot after easy shot. And then you know what happened in that second half? They started taking a lot more jumpers. That's a lot of P.J. being able to switch and play defensively. And he had possibly one of the best defensive games of his life last night. And that's even before we get into the final shot where he D'd up and literally Pulled a, he just ripped Sabonis' heart out of his chest. Sabonis can only go so far in the the paint on that game and on that final possession. PJ, defensively, if they show that kind of defense, and I'm not saying that kind of desperation defense where you're down 24 and you got to make a run. No, but if they show something in the neighborhood of that, that's where I feel better about them being a playoff team.
1: Well, and, and the thing is, you know, there were even still some faults with PJ. You know, I, I think I tweeted it out. Now, maybe it's just one play that's emphasized in my mind, and I have not gone back and watched the film, but when you look back at PJ, like I, I it was an awful half-hearted attempt at a closeout where he puts both hands in the air against Miles Turner. You know, he drives on him and, and then gets the foul. You know, if you're an undersized center, you can't do that out on the perimeter no. against decent shot making centers that can put the ball on the floor and, and you know, if PJ just stays in front of them, you know, that foul doesn't happen and you're good. Like, that's just lazy. You know, and, and I don't want to say lazy as in he, he's given fo- poor effort. It's just he's just not thinking in that point. But when you go back to, you know, PJ struggled from the field, right? It, offensively was terrible, but Gordon Hayward talked about it. Actually, I asked him this question last night in the press conference. The last final offensive possession of the game for the Hornets. The plan was for the side of the court to be cleared out for Gordon to drive. It, he does it he gets to the rim and then misses the layup and Gordon said yeah I got a good look I was really happy with it I just smoked it left-handed layup just missed it mm-hmm. but loose ball PJ comes up with it forces a shot up gets fouled on the way up nails both of his free throws and which is a change
0: by the way that is yeah, a like- massive change.
1: He's not great. You know, he's not awful, but he's not a great free throw shooter. And then he goes down in the other end of the court. They go to Sabonis, who killed him in the first half, and PJ bodies him. PJ has the leverage, solid dude, tree trunk down low and able to make sure Sabonis can't get deeper into the paint. And sure enough, he misses the shot and, and the Hornets win. Like that's the kind of thing that can help you get back on track if the ball's not going in the hoop. And so it wasn't PJ's best offensive game by any stretch. But man, big time plays at the end.
0: I don't care about his offense if That's the defense he's providing. I'm telling you that right now. I don't care I like because you can build a small ball lineup around that kind of defense and what he's going to provide. If that's going to be the PJ we get, Yo, sign me up. I, he 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 can go 3 for 21. If that defense is what he's going to provide, I'm cool with it.
1: Um yeah, so let, let's let's get to a couple of other things. I know we're going long, but it's the debut and then we'll start to shorten it up as the games go on into the season. But uh Kelly Oubre 35 minutes, 2 of 9 from 3, not great. 5 of 17 from the
0: field, not Best great. Best perimeter def- defender by far though.
1: I far. mean he let guys get by him. I mean I don't know. Like I I don't think so. Really not ai do not I I don't I, I didn't I didn't see him. It's a Maybe very power cou- walker. I know, I know there were, there were a couple times where maybe Kelly did a nice job, but I thought the closeouts to be, to be fair to him, I thought the, the closeouts weren't good um, in a large way for a lot of the Hornets last night. And so I I thought that was a problem. Um, But yeah, Kelly, not a great debut. Um, I do want to go to miles though. He's a guy that really sparked that third quarter run, you know? So, so Mm. miles comes in, has the excellent deflection, saves the ball from going out of bounds and passes it to Lamello that is running down the court. Boom Hornets are off and running. Sparks I think run, that brought yeah. him to. Yeah, I think that was like 63 to 65, something like that, yeah. um, and and so that that was something that miles really helped with. I thought he was real solid last night, 13 points, eight rebounds, four assists. What did you think of his game?
0: If his shot was falling a little bit better, I think they win handily. I do think that the one thing I would point out for Miles is I don't think he realizes how much of a tone setter he is. And when you started really seeing him dig in defensively, and he didn't for the first half, I would say. There was a little bit of the where he didn't dig in. And once he started digging in in the second half, it was him and P.J. that set the tone. Like, we're not losing this game. And then LaMelo came along with them. Like, I think— as long as Miles realizes that he's the one that has to set the tone, I think we're they're going to be in a really good spot. But he started off slow, came around in the second half, made a lot of big plays that won't show up on the stat sheet. Sorry, Doug. But um, I would also say that this <laughs> is one of those situations where it's a slow start. I want to see what they do against Cleveland because they got a lot of size over there, too. Yeah,
1: um, I, I thought Miles was, was solid and, and helped out in ways that were other than scoring. And I think that third quarter, he was a big part in why they were able to, to, to get that run. Last thing we'll end on, Jalen McDaniels, only 11 minutes, despite coming in pretty quickly. One point, missed his only shot that he took, uh, the three-pointer, and that was it. Didn't see a lot of Jalen McDaniels uh, last night. So we'll see if that I was changes kind of going for by him.
0: him. I was kind of disappointed by him last night,
1: it just didn't play a lot and and yeah, you're I mean what wasn't felt, you know, like it it didn't do anything too noticeable. Um, I mean, there were a couple defensive possessions that I'm trying to go back to in my mind really at the top of the dome because I, I didn't watch highlights or anything like that didn't watch the film over again. I, I there were there were times I, I, th- I think he did a decent job on the perimeter, like, you know, staying with a uh, with a player that that did a step back. It, it wasn't phenomenal, but it was better than what the Hornets were doing out on the perimeter for the most part. But yeah, like, you know, there, there's nothing to cape for with what he did and and didn't get many opportunities. So only 11 minutes for him. Um, yeah, Borrego's rotation kind of interesting. Uh, I, you know, y- you got to pride yourself. I
0: think it has to change, though. I think it has to change for Cleveland. I think it has to.
1: Yeah, and I think it will. Um because we know Borrego too is just a mad scientist like you, you yeah. can't ever get comfortable with this guy on what he's going to do I, I I don't even know if Borrego knows what he's going to do every single game and if he doesn't know then we sure as hell don't know all right that'll do it for Lockdown Hornets fun episode fun game last night we're off and rolling Hornets are one and oh to start the season thanks again for hopping on with us here the Lockdown Hornets podcast tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA Hollinger and Duncan really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network have a great- great rest of your day and we'll be back with you tomorrow to preview their game against the Cleveland Cavaliers.